Hello, marketers. My name is Vaseen. And I'm Chris. And welcome to our show, The Marketing Mavericks. This week, we will talk about SEO. And I have a lot of things which I want to ask Chris and pick his brains on SEO. And uh, let's get started. So first of all, Chris, tell us more about your background in SEO. How did you get into SEO and what does kind of SEO mean for you? Yeah, so I started back in 2015 while I was still um, studying at university. And because I, I didn't really see that I wanted to progress this route. Or, I mean, I, I always had some more interested to, to build something, to do something entrepreneurial. So I was looking for what could, what could be that thing. What could excite me? And um, so I was always really interested in personal development and reading about business, studying people. That goes like even like even before that, you know, I was always doing that. But then I, when I was just researching the internet, I found uh, just online marketing. I didn't find specifically SEO, but I found, you know, online marketing, I found how, what's possible, what you can do with it. And as you know, when you look into those things, there's first of all, an overload of information. Yeah. So even back then, you know, even back then there was like too much to really, um, understand it quickly or to, to really know what, what this is all about. But it kind of fascinated me because I like this idea of, um, building, I, I don't know, I don't know how to put it, but I like automation. I like, um, project-based work. I like to, to do things that are challenging, that are analytical because that kind of suits me the way I work and. Yeah, but, but I mean, at the start, it was just like interest. It was like, I was curious about it. I thought this is, this is really fascinating how to automate things, how to put websites on with not much capital. So, and then I just experimented a bit. I put a few sites on and then the easiest thing at the time was affiliate marketing. Yeah. So, you know, that was, that's, that's still one of the easiest things you can start with. So I, I did that. I built a few sites and I kind of learned it as I was working on it. Yeah. I didn't really take any course. I didn't really study anyone or didn't have any contacts in the field also. I was just literally trying things out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that's how I started. I think it's true with a um, lot of things that once you want to understand something, it's better to like get into it and uh, figure it out rather than just like maybe sticking to books and reading a lot of stuff and not implementing anything. Yeah, um, that's always the case, of course. And it's, it's, the, it's the only way that at the end of the day that works. Yeah. Um, as we know, I think as we talked about in the first episode, we both really don't believe in university degrees in business. Yeah. I mean, at all, because you are, <laughs> you're just literally building up another set of another mindset, but it's not the thing, not the way it works. So yeah, it was really interesting to just try things out and then to see what, what is working. And then after I think two or three months, I already put a site on the not just page one, but position one in Google, yeah. which got me a lot of clicks and even like affiliate commission. That's very cool. And I remember our earlier discussions because I came from more of more or less like the technical SEO side, and I didn't have exactly what you had, which was this holistic view of ranking across various other things so that all that little factors impacts the ranking. Um, and I think it would be worthwhile to kind of understand your process or your system of like, how would you rank a website? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously uh, quite a few things have changed back, uh, compared to 2015, but, um, 
Yeah, and how, I mean, I think the way I should st start is by saying that SEO on its own is extremely complex. Yeah. Um, and it involves a lot of things. And even if you understand in theory how it works, you have to have the resources in place. And that's, that's the big thing to look at. It requires a lot of effort, a lot of time, people, budget. And, and that's kind of, that's what I'd say straight away. I, I, although at the time I managed to just do it myself and experimented with it. But if you want to take it serious also on a business level, then it just is a lot of work. But yeah, the most important factors are um, content, number one. And that is also one of the things that has grown over the last years in importance. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of makes sense if you don't have content, which, which is not just good or high quality or well-written, but it also addresses the question of the search intent. I mean, that's, that's the most important thing. You have to kind of really understand what the searcher is looking for and then just answer that question. Yeah. Almost like in a question and answer format. That's, that's how I would see search engines work these days. Um, a lot of queries are just questions or a lot of queries are longer tail phrases. Yeah. Um, so people want to get answers and Google wants to give them the answer straight away, ideally, so that they can keep them on their platform. But yeah, you can kind of provide these answers on your content, let's say in a, in a blog post. So, so number one thing is, is content quality. Um, and again, matching with what, what the user is looking for and then links, link building, uh, is, is still hugely important. And, um, I'm sure a lot of that, a lot of people that are listening to this maybe have some background knowledge, but for those that are unaware, just like the, how this, how, how link building works is basically just. You want to get as many links, high quality links as possible pointing towards your site so that you, you are seen as an authority that you, that, that Google understands your website gets people referring to you. I think that's the best way probably of describing it. Yeah. So <clears throat> we so, can talk about that in more detail later, yes. but, but so the yeah. second thing is links. And the third thing I'd say is, um, the on-page experience. So like, like literally how the user interact with the content, whether it's, it's well-designed, well-structured, whether users stay on the page and that's becoming much more important in future. Um, then the whole technical side up, like getting rid of technical errors, making sure it's, um, yeah, I mean, just like these, these little, these little things, there's a lot of technical factors that are important. And then fifth point I'd say is page speed, you know, that the site opens quickly and is accessible. Yeah, absolutely. I think over the years, Google has taken page speed as one of the major factors. Um, and that kind of falls under technical SEO as well as user experience. Yes. Yeah. And, um, it's kind of, it's one of those things it's hugely important, but I mean, if you, you should be able to get it right once more yeah. or less and get, get it, get it fixed. Whereas with other things, it's an ongoing effort. Okay. And you, you mentioned obviously briefly link building, because that's something which I struggled with when I wanted to do SEO. And that's where I think a couple of years back when we were having this uh, discussion about SEO, you told me about the significance of link building. And until then I really didn't never took it seriously. So how would you kind of define link building in terms of the world as of now, what would you do? How do you kind of get the right links and how does the whole process work? Yeah, it's, um, the, the important thing to look at is that not every link has the same value. So let's imagine very simple example. You take a site like, um, uh, coca-cola.com, yeah. right? Huge site, one of the biggest brands in the world. And then you take a site of your local 
plumber maybe right yeah so or whatever an irre irrelevant site or a spam site so you see there's a you know a big range of uh, options how credible a site can be and that's that's what's measured in um as domain domain authority or domain rating depending on where which tool you use to check to check this factor it's basically just like a score to understand how credible the site is yeah um that's hugely important because you want to get quality links obviously and that has grown over the last years and then yeah and then you want to get also links from the right page on those domains where you have a, a let's say a match of relevancy so you have a, a page which has kind of similar content and then on your page you have kind of you kind of again start with that oh yeah you, you link to a very similar page let's say you have an article on listed on a site on again let's say search engine optimization and then on your site you don't want to link to an article on web design you want to link to search engine optimization so what you want to really ensure it's it's useful for the user yeah. and it all makes sense and it, it matches um that's kind of the basics of it and then how would you find those links generally still one of the best ways is just guest content you know contributing to other sites by content because you have to think what is it what's the value you can provide to other sites you know you you, you can't just think how can i get a link yeah. yeah because if i now approach you as an outside person and say hey Vasim, give me a link yeah then you would say what what's that all about especially yeah. if you if you let's say don't have the background why i would do that yeah so you, and, and i'm pretty sure we both receive these tons of emails every day on uh, guest content yeah so so the better way to do it is think of what's in it for the other side yeah you know and you i would approach you say okay Vasim, i've studied your content for a while and um, i feel i could add some value to your audience on this post so i make it very specific very personal i i take some time to study you yeah and then i reach out and then some sites might be open to consider guest content and obviously content itself is a big ranking factor so if i can help you get a full new article on you might like that and you say oh yeah i might be willing to work with him yeah um so yeah that's that's one of the best ways and okay. then like the simplest things are let's say the, the people you already work with let's say clients or partners yeah or um yeah or also a great thing is what is called un uh, unlinked mentions so just imagine you you've made you've done a ton of work over the last years and there's already a lot of stuff on the internet about your brand and you you want to ensure that those article pieces link back to your site yeah yeah right and then what you can do is you can simply type into google for Bashir or your brand apicture.com and then you go through all the listings that you find and then if you find that the site is not linking to you then you would basically reach out to them and say hey can you just reference us yeah that's a very good point and that's something which you um taught me and helped me with when we were doing the seo for apexure um especially things like google my business because google my business is kind of google's product and because google takes anything which is linked from google my business very seriously so if you have lots of let's say reviews on google my business with that let's say keyword as part of that testimonial it actually pops out and i think those are those little things we, which you mentioned last time where all of these aggregate to develop like more of a coherent seo strategy yeah. i mean and i think the important thing is people um let's say maybe who are new to seo or who have le looked less into it they look at it on a very singular lens thinking yeah. there's there's all these factors and they now help me to rank but i would look at it 
from an intuitive perspective. And that's, that's why sometimes I feel SEO is more of an art than let's say a science, because you need to just understand how, what, you know, if, if you do, if you, if you, let's say you put a, you, you link on a certain site, it has other effects. Or if you put your brand onto Google, my business or onto social media, you build an audience, you build reviews, you get attention and all that leads to other activity. So although something might not be a ranking factor, like, like Google, my business might not be an, a clear ranking factor. It might help you to, um, yeah, in that case, it might help you to just attract attention, to stand out more in the search results. And because people see your Google listing coming yeah. up, yeah. they might click on your, your organic listing a lot more, which then indicates to Google, oh, this listing has a, gets a higher click through rate than the, let's say, uh, results above that, that these are all those things that, that, that kind of are, are interlinked basically. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's like, something which I personally didn't really understand. And now when I look at all these factors, they kind of have maybe not a direct impact. They do have an impact and that's something which people should be looking at. Um, and I think yeah. that kind of leads me to the next question because that's something which I get asked quite a lot, especially when working with B2B clients, um, because SEO keeps on changing and people are too worried about whether they should invest in SEO, whether, you know, PPC is the right move because it kind of gives you results straight away. Um, how would you answer this question? If somebody says, should I do SEO now or should I park this because Google will change the algorithm? I don't know how, you know, we will rank in the future. So what's the point of doing SEO? How would you re respond to that? Okay. So in general, um, the answer is, there's always a point of doing SEO because of the scale it has, the opportunity it has, and just the longevity of it. Um, but then let's look at different stages of companies. That's, I think, the important bit because, you know, there might be brands listening, a lot of SaaS brands, a lot of um, maybe smaller brands, uh, or something like that. For those brands, I would say if you're just starting out developing a product or you are in the ideation phase, developing the ideas, or um, you're just at the start, I would not decide on doing SEO specifically as your main growth channel, just because of the effort. And that that's just what it is, because what happens otherwise is you start it and then you get disappointed because you feel something should happen, some yeah. result should come, but you didn't consider how much effort it takes. So I would not recommend SEO clearly not for um, brands that are just starting out that haven't got product market fit that are maybe, you know, not cash flow positive. And that's the important thing. PPC marketing, like ads help you to figure out if your business model works. SEO won't specifically tell you that because it's, it's less, uh, has a direct relation to it. But if you put, let's say thousand dollars into PPC ads or into, let's say a test, you'll see your conversions. You'll see for ideally you, you'll find your audience. So, you know, you get the right people to click. They come to your site, they take a certain action, maybe they become a lead or they, they already buy. Um, that tells you, does my business model work? That's yeah. I, that's a great way to start. And then once you got that, once you got that figured out, like customer acquisition cost versus lifetime value, once you have that kind of stable, then you could say, okay, now let's really build up a brand. Let's really build up SEO. So, so yeah. Um, that brings me, brings me to, let's say, yeah, the first stage of, let's say, companies that are just at the start. Second stage would be companies that are just about to reach um, profitability, right? And like, 
customer lifetime value greater than acquisition cost. And then the third stage, let's say established brands, yeah. right? So companies like um, small and medium-sized brands that are in the market for a while, maybe five, 10, 20 years, they should definitely do SEO. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, so that, I, I hope that kind of clears it up a bit. And Yes. Um, I think that that's obviously clear that you would decide in terms of where your company is, in terms of revenue, how stable it is. Um, but let's suppose there is a company who wants to do SEO because they are stable now. It's 2020. Where would they start? Because there's so much, so much to look at, so many things to worry about. Where would you start? Okay. Um, yeah, you would start with um, obviously content marketing. Like, what what's the unique value you bring to the marketplace, and that can best be communicated through through content, through blog articles, and kind of, I, I do, I'd start with that, you know, I'd start with developing a strategy, strategy around that, um, about the best, um, you know, um, topics you can write about. And then you would kind of, un you would analyze for those topics that I can write about, is there the search demand for it? And then there's like all these keyword research tools that, you know, you should look into. Yeah, basically giving you an understanding of how many people search for this keyword term a month, a month, and then you would kind of build a list of those categories of areas you want to you want to cover, and then individual topics. Because the way SEO works is, although it looks at the whole page as as one big thing and gives you a domain score, yeah. what what you actually are competing with others is your page, your your, your one page at a time, right? So. Let's say you have um, a very strong page on as a marketing agency on SEO look in, in London, whatever. Yeah. You might be able to, to be able to rank for that, but you might not be able to rank for a lot of other content you've written because either it's too competitive or um, it's not good quality content. So you have to look at each topic individually. Um, and then the important point is not just look at one keyword, but an um, multiple keywords per one page or post. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can, I can maybe uh, elaborate that later a bit more, but yeah, the, the basics are content keywords, you know, find your market, find out where the potential is. And then you would also, I would start also with building some kind of processes and some, because we can putting a team structure in place, because if, if that's not in place, then you might start it, you might start your efforts, but then after three months, if you if you um, last three months without um, you know with too many expectations, people might stop after a few weeks. But you know you will see you have more of an established system which runs. Let's say you will have a content writer, you will have a keyword research person, and you have a link building team. So it's putting all those components together together essentially, starting with the content and keywords. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think we both are like very big advocates of standard operating procedures. Yes. And that's something which we both take very seriously. Um, I, I know that you recently created an SOP for um, outreach. Um, can you possibly share in terms of like, what kind of are the advantages of creating these SOPs or in, in a team structure? Yeah, I don't know whether you said, but for those listening, so SOP stands for Standard Operating Procedure. Yeah. Um, it's basically just like um, a document, essentially, that lays out exactly how you operate as a company. Um, and it covers one process at a time, let's say, yeah, link building. Um, and we believe in them because, 
because of the idea to automate things. Because otherwise, what what happens is that you have, let's say, let's say you have a team of 10, 10 team members. Uh, you assign them certain responsibilities, but you never really, it's, it's, there's still some element of um, flexibility in it. You know, it might sound like harsh now to say, you know, SOPs don't have flexibility, but they kind of give you that clarity. If, if, if you see, okay, there's like five or 10 steps, everyone knows exactly what they need to do and they will be able to become better at it and get better results if it's kind of always the same process. So what we do is we spend some time in developing those documents. Sometimes yeah. there might be two pages, sometimes there might be 15 pages, um, but it helps everyone to understand it. And it helps us to um, have a discipline to say, if something is unclear, then let's go back to the SOP. Let's not, um, yeah, uh, all go back to helping each other out because ultimately it's, it's very important that the team works independently. I mean, that's now, that's important for all kinds of things, not just SEO, but with SEO, because it's so complex, because it involves so many different things, I, I, we found these SOPs help a lot. Yeah, but um, in terms of the outreach SOP, so for, for backlink building, what we do is we have one person completely dedicated to um, link building. So I think that's that's really crucial because if the, the, the person was doing more things, he would not be the, the, the specialist at it. Yeah. You know, he would be knowledgeable, but he would not be the expert. And what we want to do is like, we want to have, let's say one person to know more than we do on this. And I think yeah. you, you believe in that a lot, right? If you hire people, you want them to be better at that one thing. So yeah, we have a person dedicated to that. And then yeah, what the process, how it works is, um, um, we will approach other sites. We'll ask for guest posts. I mean, that's our main tactic, you know, guest, guest blogging. And, and, um, then we have a uh, content writers who help us create the content and I'm not really involved much in this process at all. Okay. Yeah. And I, I remember like you obviously have a lot of videos as part of SOPs where you kind of are helping, um, all the members in the team to understand exactly how to do something. And that's kind of very close to, uh, close to me because I like to delegate stuff and get it out of the way. And that's where SOPs are really good in defining some of the really challenging tasks, which probably are in your mind and you know how to do them, but it's good to get them out there so that anybody, anybody in the team has the um, kind of knowledge to do them. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, obviously there's a, quite a lot of tools out there, but do you have like your favorite ones, which you use at the moment? Yeah. So, um, a great tool is ahrefs.com. Um, that's like, it's a super comprehensive tool with all kinds of things with keyword research, um, competitor research, backlinks, content explorer. I mean, we found it to be really one of the best tools. Um, one of those, those big SEO tools that come with a lot of things. And it's great for also site audits. So you can, you get to understand really what's lacking on your site, what you need to fix. Um, so that's one of the best and comparable one is semrush.com. Yeah. But so they are kind of more or less the same, I'd say. And then we use, um, Uber suggest for keyword research as well. So although you can do that with Ahrefs, Uber suggest might be a good alternative, um, you know, for simplicity, because it's such a nice interface. You just type in your keyword, you straight away get the results. Um, there's some Chrome extensions also. I mean, I'm not going to use them regularly, but there's one called Keyword Surfer, 
which shows you kind of the search volume in the Google search window. So if you type in SEO Agency London, you'll then see the volume straight away. So you get all the metadata in a way about the search. Um, yeah, and then what else do we have? Let me think. Yeah, we have uh, I mean, quite a number of other tools. Yeah, and a lot of Chrome extensions. Um, yeah. um, I know we use a lot of um, tools as well, but I think they kind of cross over between SEO and content marketing. I think one of the next episodes, we will uh, talk about content marketing and possibly we can go slightly deeper into how these tools work. Yeah. Um, and content marketing, obviously, is like huge on its own. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have a huge system around it as well. <laughs> Cool. And how would you react when somebody says to you, um, Chris, I want to rank for position one for a particular keyword now? Yeah, then I'd say um, <laughs> go to the gym one day and you'll look great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so that kind of... It's not going to work. Yeah. So, so <laughs> no, the way it works is it's, it's actually SEO is like building up a muscle. And, and, you know, I wanted to bring in this point actually to this conversation that a lot of people say they don't need SEO because they can buy in the traffic with, with ads, Facebook ads or Google ads. Yeah. So although that is true, I think the important point is I feel it's a psychological effect. If you, if you like training every day and that, that's what SEO is, you, you're putting effort in every day. You, you do the hard things, not just the lazy things because PPC is in, in a way a lazy thing to do. To, let's be honest about that. Um, so yeah, um, that's what helps you. You kind of, you build up your own credibility, you build up your own brand, you do it legitimately. You're not gonna buy your traffic, you're not gonna buy your fans. You really do it based on quality content, based on effort. Um, and that's the, the thing which I think helps more than just the actual results. And the results will come over time. And yeah, um, PPC marketing to come back to that, yeah, I feel it's, 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 it could be seen as a drug almost, you know, you, you, the more you take it, the more you need it, you rely on it, you're dependent on it. Yeah. And, and whereas SEO is, is more stable. And then there's all these people who are saying, oh yeah, but you can not, never have a guarantee that there's an, you know, you, you, you keep staying on top of the, of the listings if there's an algorithm change, but, but you know, that is true for probably lots of things. Then with, with ads, I would say, who knows if, if ad, ad prices don't double within the next three, five, 10 years. So you have that problem there as well. So, and what I believe in, if you do it, as I said, legitimately, if you do it with the user first, then I don't really think there's much to fear. What is there to fear? Like if you really do it based on, on value, what we've seen is now, this is an interesting learning. There was an algorithm change in May the Google core update on the 4th of May, I believe. And we have seen our traffic, everything going up, the impressions going up. Um, so, because I feel we do it um, with, with the user in mind and, you know, sometimes it might not work, sometimes it might work, but I would not be worried too much that all of a sudden you get hit a lot by an, an update. True. And there are obviously certain scenarios where for example, people think, oh, if they change the structure of their website or they redesign the website, Google is going to now penalize them because of the SEO. Is that true? Because I've, I hear this question quite a lot. So you said they get penalized when exactly? 
if, for example, they go for a website redesign, they change the structure slightly or maybe introduce new elements on the page, would that like drop their, like will Google drop their rankings? Um, no, I wouldn't be too worried because I saw this question just last week in a Facebook group and I replied, you know, why don't you see it as an opportunity? You know, why, why do people always have to be worried about the downside if a page update is meant to actually improve, uh, improve things? So no, I don't, I don't see a big problem with that. Um, yeah. at all, I think, I mean, okay. yeah, yeah, that's. That sounds fair. And so as we're building lead gen together, we know that you can use lead gen as part of your SEO strategy to generate leads. Um, can you share a bit more kind of knowledge when you speak to SaaS and other businesses out there, how they use lead gen as part of their inbound lead generation? Yeah. So I think in general, what the important point is, uh, a lot of SEO marketers focus too much on traffic as your, as our rankings, rankings and traffic as the ma main metric. Whereas, you know, ultimately a business doesn't really care about that. If there's no engagement with the side of there's no leads or no sales coming through. So what we always have done is, or yeah, what we kind of learned on the way is to include, let's say lead generation clearly into the scope of SEO. And, and what we do is since you mentioned lead gen, yeah, with Legion, you can kind of build uh, lead capture forms and you can place it in your content. So you could say, I'm not just, I'm not just going to have a blog with, let's say hundred articles. I'm going to make sure I'll get some, uh, you know, measurable, you know, result out of it. And with B2B brands, that's mostly lead generation. So you could place like lead offers in all your blog pages. And that's, that's, that's like such a powerful tactic and not many people doing it at all. And that's what we always recommend to our Legion users. Uh, just build, just come up with a, a series of three to five different offers, um, based on the user journey. So think about it this way. Uh, let's take one example. Let's take your agency brand. Okay. Yeah. So you're selling landing pages and web design. That's your product, right? So that comes at the end. So the web visitor might be looking for that, but often it's not ready for it. Okay. So that's just what it is. You know, people are not just going to buy straight away. So you would then think, okay, if that's the end of my product range in a way, what's before that. So before that might be, yeah, obviously a consultation call maybe, or one off session. So you could say, I'll offer that as a lead magnet. It could even be paid. So you could say one hour, whatever, put in a dollar number on it, or you say 20 minutes for free. Um, and that could be a lead offer, but that would be very close to your actual product. So that would only work if you know the search intent, uh, like the people are ready for it or, yeah. you know, so you would think of more offers, like, like not just the act, the consultation call, you would think of, let's say giving out, um, a, a course, like a content course, let's say an email course. And I know you've done that with them, um, a webinar series recently. Yes. Right. So, yeah. so you could say like, um, my five step or 10 step two week email course, whatever. And yeah. that's such an easy offer to place. And so many people will jump on it. And if you have, let's say on your blog, thousand visitors, um, let's like calculate conservatively, you get one or 2% to opt yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. So you get, what is that? 20 leads, 10 to 20 leads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then more of these offers, you know, like simple things, downloadable resources, white papers, case studies, videos, checklists, 
there's like literally like a range of things. And, and I do that on the blog. And we actually have one case study in lead gen, a B2B, B2B brand that gets, I mean, I think about 200 to 300 leads every month just through the blog and with zero money spent into ads. Um, and the fascinating thing is they don't even have a huge number of people on their blog. Um, so those, let's say 200 leads, um, represents like a 8% conversion rate. So I just said, you can get, you know, one or 2% to be conservative. 8% is yeah. really good. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah, that, that's what I do. Yeah. That's, that's a very valid point because I keep on, um, advocating about this awareness, uh, funnel where you start with unaware and fully aware and anything in the middle, you, you kind of create content pieces around that, whether it's like somebody who's, um, like say problem aware or solution aware, product aware, you would then match their level of awareness with a product or a downloadable content resource so that you take them to the next step. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Legion could be that source where it could capture leads for you and offer different, let's say different resources or maybe capture based on different offers. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such an easy thing to do. Like really like, because if you think about it, all, all these SEO marketers put a lot of effort into just ranking a site. Why not think it through completely? I mean, that's, it's just a natural thing to do. And I can just encourage everyone to just think of ways of including yeah. conversions into the scope. I mean, and I what, have a yeah. hunch that's something which may, maybe I should um, test. So for example, when you have a thank you page, which is linked to a lead gen page, then Google obviously understands that that was a conversion because you told Google in Google analytics, if you sent, set up a goal and then you say, oh, this person has completed the step. So it actually means they are a conversion. So kind of Google overall probably has this data store of all the, all the traffic and they know exactly how many people have gone to the thank you page, meaning they completed that action. So it could possibly be in, in terms of one of those ranking factors, because if Google knows how many people are converted, that means the offer is good. And then your rank would also, you know, your website would also rank better, not proven, yeah. but that's one of my, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. It's one of those things where I said earlier, it's about like understanding it intuitively. And the way I'd see it is, yeah, if you have a lead offer and your offer is hosted on your site, that means the visitor spends a lot more time on your site, clicks through a lot more pages, engages with, with elements on your page. And Google is pretty smart to understand what's happening. So yeah, definitely. I see the, your point. And sorry, I know we talked about content marketing and we will talk about content marketing in the future, but uh, with the context of this um, piece of SEO, for example, when we are creating blog content, how much of that should be in terms of length on, in terms of text and video and podcast, how do you kind of use all this uh, like co content types into one blog post? What is kind of your overall strategy and maybe like, um, vision for how to do blogs. Yeah. So, I mean, years ago, it was enough just to write an article that somehow related to certain keywords. So yeah. let's say, I mean, do you have an example of any industry? Like, no, let me think of something like, uh, uh, life insurance for whatever group, right? So any kind of article on that, on that topic, life insurance, and you could write about it. The competition was low and you would rank with, with including the keywords. Today, it's more about really understanding what the searcher is looking for and then not just write about it, but answer all aspects of it, essentially yeah. of that question. Um, 
so and that tends to then result like in in a longer that 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 you need longer content but still i would not make it a rule that you have to have long content to rank because if you can answer a question and the question is simple in a few words then then yeah shorter words is better than more words but i mean in general the longer the content the better just because you want to really ensure you you answer those questions in your content um yeah so so your question was um say again like the what was the i mean how would you use all the different content types in a blog post these days okay uh, yeah yeah okay so that's good point so you would so th that's the first thing you would really write it based on the user intent so the content itself is still the number one thing and google still yeah. is better at understanding text than understanding let's say images or video um i mean definitely yeah i mean it's, it definitely is still much more straightforward um and yeah so definitely include other elements like like video if you have images obviously and uh, make sure you break down the text into paragraphs and not just like 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 normal paragraphs that you that you see in in whatever a book or a magazine. Yeah, we usually have this uh, almost like we have a laugh at it because people think they need to do blogs, and uh, when once you check out their blogs, they're literally like blobs of text. Yeah, and uh, with no formatting, they literally like are just put out there as if Google is gonna read it, and there's no like literally like human level of interaction with that blog. It just looks written for um, spiders. Yes. Um, so yeah, the, the paragraphs, the way you should do them is just um, very short paragraphs at a time, one or two or three sentences. I see blogs that just have one sentence at a time and that works. The other thing is have slim text containers. So if you look at any news site, New York Times, Guardian, whatever, whatever, the, across the whole spectrum, they, they are all, um, all slim in text. So you're not going to read the text on the full pa um, uh, screen width. Yeah. because it's just easier absolutely right. i think this is one of the factors which we consider when we're redesigning a website in apex where we look at the current blogs and see what the trend is um, and we've come across like this um, almost like a standard where we don't have uh, page widths more than 550 to 60, yeah. 600 pixels because it becomes harder for people to read stuff if it's wider than that Yes. So, and then, I mean, regarding your, your question on the content elements, another good thing uh, people should do is include tools in their content. So, you know, not just to have text or images, but to really have interactive things like a calculator. So uh, it could be, let's say, a nutrition calculator or a mortgage calculator or whatever, um, cost calculator. There's always something like this that's possible or questionnaire or um animations or quizzes so and that's something you could do with legion also i mean we have like um you could not just build forms you could also build user journeys where it generates a result let's say a number yeah um so and you know tools are so useful because it's 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 personalized you you really ensure you give your user an experience and an answer for whatever they put into that tool yeah. yeah, I think this is really valuable stuff, Chris. Um, I think I'm just reaching to the end of my questions here, but is there anything you want to share, which probably I didn't ask or we haven't shared earlier? Yeah, I mean, you know, we have obviously a Facebook group for those that are new to this, which is called Marketing Mavericks. And there were a few questions. I just want to 
goes through some of them. Um, one, you know, one person says, what are some myths about SEO? And, um, one thing we already mentioned, like the more, the more, and the longer the content, the better, yeah, as I said, it doesn't really matter if you can just answer the question based on what the user needs. So that's not generally true in my view. Um, then we have also experimentations. There's a lot of marketers who say you should experiment, you should run experiments, tests, right? I believe in them as well, but for SEO, that's not how SEO works. SEO is a commitment and it works with consistency. You know, it's just as simple as that. And there's, there's not much to test in, in that sense of we're testing it for, for two months and then we validate it as a business model. <laughs> no, no, that's, I mean, that's, I think I like your analogy of like going to the gym. Would yes. you like test, test any new training plan every, every week or every month? No, you stick to like a, uh, foundation and then build yeah. yeah of course problem is i mean a lot of people don't have this um this mindset of just looking long term right they they understand it um but it's i mean it's just human nature it's hard to follow through yeah. if it's new to you so that's why i'd say experimentation doesn't work in seo in this sense it works when you are committed and when you know where you're going then you can experiment with certain tactics, certain keywords, certain links you set, but not in the other way. Um, another thing people say is domain age matters a lot. Now, I don't believe in that too much. It's certainly one of those, whatever, 200, 300 factors Google has, but, but it just doesn't make too much sense because there's sites coming up every day and there's new SaaS brands and it, it's definitely not going to stop you. It, it, it shouldn't be seen as, as an excuse not to do something. Then there's another thing people say exact match domains or keywords in the URL. Yeah, right? that makes me laugh. So, but you know, the thing is, uh, it can sometimes work, but the problem is, or the, the more important thing is, it's not going to make things work for you because of that. That's, that's the way I see it. If you have a niche, let's say, I don't know, I'm struggling now to come up with all these examples. Can you think of any niche of, um, um any traditional I'll industry? Say like villas in spain okay <laughs> yeah okay let's say villas in um in uh, mallorca this island okay yeah. and then you you would go so niche you would go on one city of on that island and then you could register that as a domain and i think that could help you to rank because you have a city which doesn't have too many vendors doesn't have too many people having holiday homes there then it works but you know it's not gonna help you that much <laughs> overall exact match or, you know, keywords and domains. Yeah. Another important thing. Now I wanted to also ask you about it, but I have a view on this doing SEO with landing pages because you are the landing page designer. <laughs> um, my view is you shouldn't do SEO with landing pages. That's correct. I think right? there's two sides of landing pages. One is like the landing page, which you um, connect with your PPC campaign. And that for those landing pages, I would never ever even make them indexable. I would hide them from SEO because um, you keep on experimenting, you keep on changing the structure of the page and Google doesn't like that. Google doesn't like when you completely redo stuff uh, from scratch. Yeah. But on the other hand, we, I look at landing pages also from an organic perspective. Like if somebody's typed in, let's say website design, and then I have a page on our website, which, which obviously is targeted towards website design as a keyword, but that page almost feels like a landing page, but it's on the core website. 
uh, but it's targeted right. towards that keyword. So for, although it's like from a, from a landing page definition, it's not probably a landing page, but I look at it from a landing page perspective. Yes. So um, that's exactly right. So, I mean, with landing pages, I meant like things outside your website domain. Okay. Yeah. And then think, yeah. And then thinking you could compete with that in SEO. Um, I would just not do it. Although it can work. It's just like, it's like you, you're going into a Formula One race with a street car, basically. That's the way I see it. You know, you, you have, all you need is that you, you need a strong website. You need a, the, the right setup and everything. And then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure if you're just going to go with a lean landing page. And actually, I was researching this for our own website, whether we could use it somehow. And then, um, you know, as you know, as I, I know, you use the tool Unbounce for landing pages. Yeah. Unbounce actually came up with a statement themselves saying, yeah, you can do SEO with our tool, but it's, uh, they, they didn't recommend it completely. So they were not 100% certain. And that tells, I think, quite, quite a bit about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that these were some, some of these myths I wanted to address. And then in terms of priorities, someone asked like, when should it be a priority? I mean, as I said, like when you are more established, when you know where you're going, when you've got product market fit. Um, yeah. yeah um, and there's probably a lot more, but, uh, yeah, I think that's most of it. Cool. Thank you so much, Chris. And I think there'll be lots of people listening and watching this and getting a lot of value. Thank you for sharing this. And next time, obviously we will cover more topics in depth and um, see you soon guys. Okay. Thank you. Thanks a lot.